0: Back with you with another edition of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Trenton Biz here today, and we break down the big match of Penn State. Can the Hawkeyes actually pull off the shocker Saturday in State College? You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, I'm Trent Condon, that's my buddy Biz, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts, and you can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code College for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dog's off. We promise you. Biz, back at it, 3-0, and undefeated in the non-conference. And definitely some positives from your boy, Brian Ference. Running game got going a little bit. Cade McNamara, though, struggled at times. How was Kinnick Stadium on Saturday?
1: Good. Always good to be at Kinnick Stadium on Saturday. Um, but it would have been better if the lightning would have been one-tenth of a mile uh, to the south. Uh, apparently, any lightning strike within eight miles... Uh, Causes a lightning delay, and it was literally seven point nine miles away. So, um, being in the stadium, there was never ever any risk whatsoever of uh, there being bad weather. But uh, we got to sit there for forty minutes and do absolutely nothing. But outside of that, uh, good win all around. You know, obviously uh, the Hawks never make anything one hundred percent easy, so they uh, <laughs> they made it made it more difficult than need be. But uh, you know, that's the first time in a long time, Trent, that we just physically manhandle the team. I mean, Mm -hmm. just move them off the ball, three, four-yard line surge over and over again. And I know Western Michigan's not good, but man, it was just nice to see it because it has been a long time since that's happened.
0: Uh, You're exactly right. And that was definitely one of the positive takeaways. Offensive line gets going. The run game gets going. We saw a myriad of different running backs do it. Saw Bolton with a couple of touchdowns, little TJ Washington out there. And of course, Max White at the end, getting into the end zone, a kid from there in the corridor and a great scene for him to get a touchdown and get into the end zone. But as good as the run blocking was in comparison to what we've seen over the first two weeks, the pass blocking was pitiful. After we thought they'd really taken a step forward, it was not what we certainly had seen the first two weeks. Pitiful seems a little
1: aggressive. It was awful. I think of the four sacks, two, maybe even three of them, were just as much McNamara's fault as the the pass blocking. That's fair. McNamara just held on the ball way too long all day Mm -hmm. long. I I don't. It was. I'm not going to say concerning because I still think he's a. I still think he's a significant upgrade in quarterback from last year. Is he great? No, but he did not. He did not have a good game on Saturday. He held the ball too long. Both interceptions. Um, if you're there in the stadium, you saw both interceptions. There were guys open, but he was a half step, half second late on both of them. And you know, against good teams, a half second late's going to cost you. And even against bad teams like Western Michigan, obviously you saw that cost you. But uh, um, he's got to play better than that if we have any hope to play, win this Saturday. So I don't think the pass blocking was as bad as you're, you're claiming it was. It, it was uh, not as good, but the four sacks, really, like I said at least two of them were just his inability to either get out of the pocket or get rid of the damn ball. Uh, yeah. And it's hard because you know what the rules you got to get outside the, the tackle box. I think a couple times he thought, well, I can't get rid of it because it's going to be grounding because I'm not outside the tackle box. So, um, but I don't know. It, it wasn't as good pass blocking, but pitiful, pitiful seems a little dramatic. But...
0: <laughs> All right. Maybe, maybe a little hard, but you're exactly right. I mean, that was certainly McNamara's worst game in a Hawkeye uniform. He was not only, you mentioned the sacks, and you're right, a couple of them were definitely his fault. You know, maybe trying to do a little bit too much. Maybe it's a good sign that his quad's feeling a little bit better. We saw the scramble, and he had a little smirk afterwards as he darted out of bounds and got the first down on that play. But because he's moving around maybe a little bit better, he felt like he could hold it a little bit longer, and maybe that's what led to that. But McNamara certainly wasn't sharp. Brian Ferentz let him know on the sideline after the interception towards the end of the first half. It was uh, some frustrations there in the first half. And another one of the big plays was the blown coverage on the touchdown. Now, I know a lot of people were pointing at Jabari Harris and his first game back after not playing last season and the two-game suspension this year. But I think more than anything, that was Xavier Wampa. I thought he was just late getting over there.
1: Yeah, I mean, seeing it live, I mean, before the ball was even caught, Jamari Harris had his hands up like, where are you? Like, uh, <laughs> I, I think it was, you know, I think it was quarter's coverage. And I think he thought he had help over the top. And, you know, obviously there was a mistake there somewhere. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I, it, what, same thing later on. There was a, another pass to the, the tight end at the middle that I think was clearly uh, Schulte's fault. So mm-hmm. uh, it was surprising to see. I mean, that first quarter and a half, I mean, we can, you can go a month without seeing four big plays given up by our defense. And there was, what, four in the first 22 minutes. But uh, honestly, I, I – in some ways, I view that as a good thing because uh, if our defense was overconfident, uh, I, they, they were certainly put in their place at halftime by Phil. I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing Phil ha- had some choice words to say at halftime, and they came out and played great in the second yeah. half. So I don't know. In some ways, looking back at it, it's probably the perfect time for that to mm-hmm. happen because uh, you know if they were overconfident at all, they, they're not now. I mean, they they show. I mean, they were they were just breakdowns on the defensive end which you just don't see iowa teams do and so the second half was back to normal iowa defense i mean it was it was pretty impressive second half defensively wise so i don't know it, i view it more as a blip on the radar than i do an actual concern so i'm right there with question you. for you quick trent yeah are you willing to admit that that was actually a well-called football game by brian ferentz
0: um, outside of uh, it was his fault that Luke Lachey's ankle snapped. But yeah, yeah, of course, his the, fault is. It, it, the, I, I agree. I, I, okay, the second if, and in, jet the, jet mo- the, in the moment,
1: side, I was frustrated. We had, we had just ran four straight jets. power football just right on your throw, and then on second and three, we decided to get fancy for no reason.
0: Jet sweep to the short side yeah. leads to a third and three, and then Lachey and his season is over. But no, I, you're exactly right. He he called a good game overall. It was pretty good and. I liked him too going after McNamara with that interception. You were obviously at the game, and I don't know if you went back and watched it, but he was animated and it was directed right at Cade. Stupid decision and a couple of other expl- uh, explicit terms that he was throwing out there too. But it's right, you got a field goal there. You take a seven point lead into the locker room if you don't just throw the ball into the end zone. That was a dumb decision. And I was fine with Brian on the sidelines dressing down his quarterback.
1: Well, The thing I've kind of liked is you look at all three games, and we've really kind of had a different kind of game plan to all three of them a little bit. Which the creativity has been better this year, I like because the first game there was a lot of screens, a lot of uh, you know, heavy screen game. The second game, I don't think it's through a single screen, at Iowa State, but we did a lot of counter action and a lot of different stuff, and then. This week, we added in some jet sweep action. We added in you know, a couple other different things. We've shown a, a lot of different looks. And you know, are, are all those looks going to be successful throughout the year? Probably not. But at least we're not. We haven't just said, okay, we are a zone-running team, and that's what we are. Or we are a you know, certain type of passing, that's what we are. I mean, we've done a variety of different things. We've thrown the ball down the field. We've decent in the screen game. We've had the jet sweep action. We've done – some inside outside zone, and then we've added in the, the gap blocking. I mean, we're just there's more variety there than in mm-hmm. the past. Still not the greatest offensive football in the world, but at least, uh, at least there's some they're showing some willingness to, to adapt, and that's that's something that shows me some optimism going forward. That, that, I mean, I think more than anything, it shows that we've got some they probably have a little more confidence in whether it's just McNamara or the offense in general, the confidence mm-hmm. to do some different things.
0: I'm right there with you. And the one thing and maybe another leaf that they can turn over this week is we've talked a ton about seeing more counters, more hat-on-hat blocking, uh, moving away from the traditional zone blocking scheme and using more of that. One thing we haven't seen a ton of is them, pass plays out of that counter look where you go play action off the counter look and you can set up good pass protection off of those kind of things that's something that i would love to see unleashed you know you come out with your scripted plays you got a counter in there you got a probably a jet sweep in there your traditional zone plays but also in that group of plays that you're you're working on your first 15 20 plays of the game going out there and having some kind of pass look off the counter look and go and play action off of that
1: well, you saw the one bootleg they let him do. I think that was kind of a test run to see, okay, are you are you able to do it? Because you know, uh, we're going to have to add that in, I think, a little bit also against Penn State. Are we going to do it a ton? No, but you got to have that at least. There has to be a threat of, of the bootleg coming out of there and, and having you know kind of that tight end waggle type stuff and everything. And you know, I, I think we'll see that a little bit more this week. I mean, I think go from one to two, two or three bootlegs at least. So. I think it'll another wrinkle, at least, hopefully.
0: And that's what we're looking for. We continue here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. We turn the page over to next week. It is Penn State coming up on Saturday, a place that Biz and I have been a few different times. It is going to be a great environment and should be a great football game. We'll talk about that as we continue on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Now, Biz, I know you're a guy. You sweat a lot, right? You're, you're a big sweater. <laughs>
1: Oh I'm doing a lot. Yeah. You, you I, I spent more than more than the average human.
0: Yeah. Well, I got just the product for you. It's bird dogs. These are great shorts. They sent me a couple of pairs. We need to get you hooked up too. Great for when you're on the golf course, any kind of function that you're looking at golf, date night, just an evening out. You like good loungewear. You like something comfortable and something that looks good. Slimmer fit. You don't got to worry about that. That's more for a guy like me. But Bird Dogs does a great job with that. And their anti-stink sweat wicking fabric, that's you, Biz, keeps you cool and dry in all the right places all day long. And what you want to do is go to birddogs.com slash college. or when you're there, just enter the promo code Lockdown College at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order again birddogs.com slash lockdown college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Trenton biz back with you once again, here on the lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, as always, thanks for making lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Penn state biz. We've been there. It's a great environment. We were there for the 2009 game, which was incredible. The environment, the buildup, the rain, everything all day long and what a fun trip that was and obviously culminating with the win twenty-one ten over the nittany lions we also went there a couple years later wasn't nearly as fun as i uh also had your chairs fall out of the rv as we were making our way out and i had that first drive out and left the doors open on the side sorry about that
1: (laughs) yeah the first trip was much more memorable than the second trip but both very enjoyable trips anybody that's debating ever going to happy valley a definitely do it and b if you can do it in rv because uh they have the world's biggest rv lot and it is it's pretty impressive to behold it's probably a thousand rvs and a massively large grass field right next to the stadium so uh yeah pretty impressive place but it's also more importantly it's been a pretty successful place for the hawks trent uh can you remember in the kirk ferentz era how mm-hmm. many times have we won at happy valley
0: well, let's see, you got the first one with Ryan Hansen, you got the 6 4 game, you got the one that we were at. I'm gonna say there's probably another. Oh, there was ai one, I'm gonna say five. You are correct, you stumbled your way to five. So, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, are you ready for a uh five question, Nittany uh, uh you know, nittany Lion, uh, p- uh, road game quiz here? You, yes, I, I, think I you can go five for five on these, trends. these are not right. meant to be not meant to be terribly difficult it's really meant to go back down memory lane and enjoy the five wins so
0: i like that i'm ready for it
1: all right you ready win number one um i know you're going to answer this question right because you already said his name friend right 2000 kind of a a, honestly a program turning win for the hawks up to this point kirk ferentz uh was i think i did not take the time to look but i think literally like 2 and 16 or something Mm -hmm. in his career at this point and uh we were taking steps in the right direction, but we hadn't gotten over the hump and beaten the big 10 team yet. So we go into happy Valley. We win in overtime. We win on a game ceiling interception. The question was, and you already threw out the name who got the interception.
0: It was Ryan Hanson, the pretty boy. He was a model and yeah. pretty good football player for the Hawks. And my law school classmate. Oh, wow. Look at yeah. that. Look at all the connections.
1: Yeah. Shout out he to was Ryan a year younger than me in law school. And uh, yeah, he has a, a model, you know, we have very similar qualities, Trent. Law, yeah. law student, uh-huh. Jack- model, uh huh. Aspiring model,
0: heck of a football player. Uh, well, so we'll, we'll, it's really <laughs> falling apart quickly. We were both law students. Let's, let's yes, just yeah. stick
1: with that. So.
0: All right, so one down. I'm one for one. Up next. Two years later, uh, mm-hmm. probably Trent. When you go back, I went back and watched
1: this. Watch the, you know, the 20 minute YouTube version of this game. Uh, probably the craziest game in the Kirk Ferentz era. I mean, just nuts. We win again in overtime, but do
0: you remember kind of the, the storyline of that game, or the, the swings of that game? Well, we were up huge. We were like 35-10, something like that. There was a two-point conversion that we ran back as we blocked an extra point. Antoine Allen, I think, had that one. Maybe it was Jovan. It was one of those two, but I, I think it was Antoine. I ran it back for two. What else? Um, CJ Jones had a big game, if I remember correctly. That's that's all I got. But yeah, yeah a so big you're one.
1: Pretty accurate. We got up 23 to nothing and 35 to 13. 35, 35. at 35 to 13 with 12 minutes to go in the game. <laughs> Jovan Johnson picks off picks off uh the left handed Penn State quarterback. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Zach Mills. Yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah. Picks him off. Pretty clearly gets in for a touchdown, but no mm-hmm. replay at the time. They call him out at the half yard line. We, of course, 35 13, we of course then fumble the next play. <laughs> They go down, score, stop us, go down, score, stop us, go down, score. All of a sudden, it's overtime. So it's 35-35. And we pull off the win in overtime again, 42-35. But my quiz question, Trent, this is a a defense and special teams focused uh, quiz. So you mentioned it. Key part of this game, we blocked their extra point. They cut it to 26-13. We blocked the extra point. Scoop it, pick it up, go for two points, and get up 28-13. I'll give you – You get the point if you get one of the two names correct. Okay. Who who blocked it? Who returned it?
0: I'm almost positive it was Antoine Allen that returned it. I I don't know why that continues to stick. And now I'm going DJ Johnson's jumping into my head. Oh, boy. DJ Johnson. I'm going to go. Who blocked it? Who'd be in the middle there? Uh, 2002, Matt Roth somehow you
1: stumbled your way to a correct answer on this dj johnson is correct I, yep. I actually thought it was antoine allen also until i watched it this morning dj johnson scooped it and scored Derek pagel blocked it pagel so pagel blocked it bounced right into johnson's hands went basically pretty much uncontested so uh we'll give you the point you uh you stumbled your way from uh you know, you stumbled your way around and got DJ Johnson. Correct. So
0: unbelievable. Every, so you're two for two. We'll give it. And times. every time Peggle comes up, I uh, have to apologize again for throwing him into the stage at Osage high school in a district final basketball game. Luckily he wasn't paralyzed. And Mr. Mayor was not real pleased with me after that performance.
1: There, Peggle, the pride of national playing fields.
0: Mm-hmm. We got thrown. We got throttled in that game. So
1: two, two years later, Trent, we went again, the obvious famous six to four game. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. You know, it's still 20 years later a uh, you know a laughing stock in some ways, but uh it's also the perfect Iowa victory in some ways. Uh simple question for you, Trent. Again, it's a special teams and defense uh, oriented questions. Yeah. Who scored all of Iowa's points that game? Uh Schlicker the kicker, Kyle Schlicker. You Kyle, yeah. Kyle Schlicker. I wasn't sure if you'd remember who the kicker was. So Schlicker well, the kicker makes all the, six points. So.
0: if I remember correctly, it was Bradley was the punter that stepped out of the back of the end zone that yep. made it six four. We kicked it back to them just thinking they're not moving the football against our defense and they didn't. A field goal would have beat us and we still kicked it back to him. Just incredible.
1: Well kind of some, you know in some ways similar to uh you know a couple of years ago that you know, the the night game when uh you know late in the game we just basically took a knee and, and pointed yeah. it back to him at the end knowing that the backup quarterback wasn't gonna score on us either mm-hmm. i mean just uh you know in some ways similar you know just knowing that there was no chance they were gonna score unless we screwed up so so three for three trent impressive So 2009, yep, we we were there. So you should get this right because obviously you were you were sober and remember every second of that game. So uh, heavily intoxicated. Everybody knows the obvious Mm -hmm. special teams effort here, which is the block punt by by Claiborne and the uh, scoop and score. But the question for me is, Trent, Iowa scored their first points of the game. How and who got this? And and who caused it?
0: No. First point
1: defensive special teams are talking about
0: here. Right. And and because of that, my memory, one of my faint memories of the game is Wegger. So we got a safety yeah. Broderick bins.
1: Safety Broderick bins. You are yes. correct.
0: I, I was Broderick. thinking Wegger. He had the touchdown, I think late in the game, or maybe it was Robinson, but there was a touchdown run that sealed it. And I think after the two point conversion made it 21, 10, but Broderick bins, man, long arms. Broderick. What
1: a stun. Our 21 points is basically a, a game of blackjack. We, we went from two to five to 11 to 18 to 21. So uh, probably shouldn't hit on 18. But, probably not. Uh, no. Outside of that, uh, yeah, w- wild game, but Broderick Benz who, uh, uh I-, I have gotten to know Broderick Benz over the last decade. I've had a lot of basketball games with Broderick Benz. There is not a nicer human being on earth than Broderick Benz. So, uh, I was happy when I watched it today. To rem- I-, I did not remember who it was. I thought it was him, but I was, I was happy to see that I was correct. So, uh, he had two that play and the pick six against Arizona are the two, uh, mm-hmm. two most famous Broderick Biddens plays. So, so, so shout out to Brod, great basketball player. If he was three inches taller, see, that guy would have been a, a Division one basketball player as well. So, a little more athleticism than you on the hardwood. Yeah. But, uh, I, I've apologized to him many times because my job frequently, because we're about the same height, about six, four, is I guard him and I just push Ooh. him as hard as I can. And it's like trying to move a tree stump. He's a, <laughs> Yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't move. So I was like, Brad, I apologize. I can't I can't guard you, but I can follow you a lot. So
0: <laughs> that's great.
1: All right, so we got one more win. Four, Trent, the last one, uh, last one should be an easy one, but uh, we'll see. Uh, last win, you've named four for four. First of all, can you remember the last win?
0: Well, and that's kind of where my memory starts to get a little bit faint. I'm thinking back. You got to jump. A-
1: I'll give you a hint. It's relatively recent.
0: Okay, so we went out there and what? 18 and got blown out. it wasn't 2015.
1: That's not true. 16, we got blown out. 18 was the oh. uh, Nate Stanley interception. We, we heard oh, yeah. him play through the interception. Let's not talk about that game. Oh,
0: so, wide think open. Two, think two years.
1: Two years. The world's in disarray. It's COVID.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. In an empty Beaver Stadium. Okay, now, yes. Yeah, I needed oh. the help to get there. Yeah, the obvious
1: uh, we put the game away on a pick six by Davion Nixon. Davion Nixon. The question for you, Trent, uh, I believe it's it's the longest pick six in history by by an Iowa defensive lineman within five yards. How long was it?
0: Within five yards. All right. Going back to the memory bank, thinking of the play, I'm going to say it was 52 yards.
1: Ah, You're up four for five,
0: 70 yards. 70 yards
1: yeah it was seventy years he, I I he got to about 50 and he did the uh kind of the <laughs> the swim the move over to a yeah. to juke uh clifford out we forget that game you know both levis and clifford played that game levis played most of the game and clifford came in i mean they, they had they had some talent on that team we kicked their butt yeah that, that was that was back in the days when we our offense actually uh you know you forget that COVID year, our offense was clicking. I mean, we were, we were legitimately good offense the last four or five games of that year. So, uh, if only, if only that could happen again this year. So there's your quiz, Trent, you did pretty good, but there's a reason I I pulled those questions out because they're all defense, they're all special teams. Mm -hmm. Every time we've won in in Pleasant Valley, we've needed, we've needed some special defense and special teams play, which I think it's obviously not a stretch that we're going to need that again on Saturday. So, uh, Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, you were, you basically gave this game, you announced last week we have zero chance. Have you changed your mind at
0: all? Uh, Zero chance. Yeah. I'm I'm not quite there. It was more than I just thought we'd be further along offensively than we're at at this point. And, and that's where my concern lies. But you know, Drew Aller, he got banged up in the Illinois game. I haven't seen a ton this week about his health. He's going to play. It's nothing that, you know, he's out or anything like that, but how banged up is he? One thing though, that I have uh, definitely noticed. I saw, Scott Dockerman had a tweet just announcing the injury to uh, Luke Lachey being out for the year. Penn State fans, they're ready. After all the boo birds that came down at Kinnick Stadium two years ago, that fan base has not forgot, and it doesn't matter if it's another guy that snaps his ankle in a Hawkeye uniform on Saturday night. The boo birds are going to be there. That is going to be a crowd that is loud and into it right away, but we've also seen that before, and you can overcome that, and hopefully we'll see that out of this group. You can you can
1: criticize the Iowa coaching staff for a variety of different things. The one thing you can't criticize us on is being ready for big road environments. They are great at that. I mean, Iowa State, we've won six years in a row. We've we just talked about we've won at Penn State multiple times. They show up on the road. They always do. And so I'm I'm not worried at all about the environment. I mean, whatever this coaching staff does to get these teams ready, I'm worried about that there's a better football team than us. Sure. But I mean, we're gonna need some breaks to go our way. Mm-hmm. But I mean you look at last week for Penn State, they won by 17, but then you're breaking it. Illinois had five turnovers. Yeah. Threw Aller through, was it 16 for 34? Mm-hmm. Um, and their running game was good, but not phenomenal. They averaged like four and a half yards to carry against Illinois. So uh, I don't It wasn't like they went in there and just throttled them. I nope. mean, it's, so I don't I'm still, we talked about it last week, and it's all say the same. I'm still not sold. Any, any game between... Kirk Ferentz and James Franklin. I always feel that we have a chance. I I I don't think, I don't think James Franklin is, he's a decent recruiter. He's, you know, he does, you know, he gets, but I don't, I I just don't think he's, I don't think he's a good coach. And I think anytime you put, you know, Ferentz up against, against Franklin, I think we got a chance. Not a great chance, but we got one.
0: We got a chance. Yeah. And you, like you said, got to have breaks, got to have a big special teams play, a big defensive score, something like that. It, Probably got to be a little goofy too. Need to have something weird that happens, but yeah, we haven't we haven't pulled a we haven't pulled a wacky special you know, mm-hmm. you know,
1: That 2018 game we did a, a crazy kick fake field goal touchdown something like that. I, I can see that coming out again. I see LeVar Woods going back into his bag of tricks this week.
0: Let's make it happen. We're going to wrap things up here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Our pick for the week, our best bet of the week, presented by FanDuel. We'll do that as we continue here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Here's another one for you, Biz. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical, that's right, Jace Medical offers the Jace case. I've heard of a Jace case. It's a little bit different in your realm than what we're talking about here. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's Jace J A S E Medical.com with promo code Lockedon. and Biz back with you one final time here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. All right, Biz, here we go. Time well, real for- quick, I, I
1: better be getting a kickback from that one. That, <laughs> well, yeah. you, your, your I assume I assume they chose to, to advertise this solely, solely because of me. So I, uh, yeah I, Boy, I, I'm 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 honored and privileged. I'm privileged that they they thought of me. So thanks, yes.
0: thanks, Jace Medical. You nailed it. Absolutely.
1: No, I, no idea what you do. I didn't listen to the, I didn't listen to it. But thank you.
0: Oh well, <laughs> great work out of you. All right, let's get into our pick for the week. So, last week, what
1: was your pick? Oh, I nailed it. Cle, Clemson. They covered by like the second quarter Trent. That was. I, I like that the weeks that I do bad, you always conveniently remember. But the ones I the ones I dominate, uh, you, you conveniently forget. Well, I didn't even over pitch. Florida Atlantic. It was uh free money.
0: I normally text you what we have just so at least we have a record of it. I don't even remember what I picked last week. Do you? I mean, um, I'm wrong. I
1: can, Give me a minute. I'll think of it. So
0: it, it wasn't good. My college betting again was a, another struggle over the weekend. So I'm sure I missed it, but all right, this week, the T box is yours because well, you got the win. Your best bet of the week. Yeah. My best bet of the week is uh, one. I, one of my favorite
1: teams, Always to bet on. i will go back to the well again. The old Utah Fighting Utes. Uh, mm. They play UCLA this week. If you go back and look, the last three times UCLA has gone to uh, elevation to play at Utah, Utah has just throttled them. And uh, four and a half points. I think UCLA is a decent team, but uh, mm-hmm. Utah's clearly, the, clearly the, uh, the the bullies of the, the Pac-12. They're the most physical team. UCLA is never a physical team. Uh, playing at home, give me a. Give me Kyle Whedonham to uh, to uh, push push UCLA the Bruins all over the place and win by at least a touchdown. So, uh, give me the Fighting Utes, lock it up.
0: Probably a good one. I like that one. Um, I like UCLA. I got a ticket in my back pocket at FanDuel right now for them just to qualify for the Pac-12 Championship game. UCLA at eight to one. Kind of like having that one really good conference and very well so could be, a be like
1: the seventh best team in the Pac-12. Yeah, you,
0: you know, you get a three way tie at six and three tiebreakers go your way. Just maybe I think a pretty good price on the Bruins. All right. My pick this week, my best bet. I got a ton and this is a dangerous week because I already marked down like 13 games that I like this week is really dangerous. So we just got to pick one. Give me Aubrey. I interrupt you real quick. You won your bet last week. You had App State. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah the they, mountain they Bears. So Yeah, there yes. you go. Never mind. We're both uh, 1-0. Proceed. Love that. All right, I'm going to take Auburn. Getting a little north of a touchdown. Eight points currently right now at FanDuel. Tigers come in kind of under the radar. I think they surprised. They have kind of coasted in their victories in Texas A&M. What a mess that they are. We saw what happened a couple of weeks ago against Miami. I think Auburn can keep this thing snug and maybe even worth uh, just a little taste there on the money line. Give me the Tigers plus the eight with my best bet of the week, Iowa currently getting 14 and a half, 15 at some spots. It's 14 and a half right now at FanDuel. at Penn state. You're grabbing these points, are you?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. You'd be a fool not to. I mean, how many times in the last 15 years has Iowa lost by more than two touchdowns on the road. It's a I mean, that doesn't happen very often. I mean, we just, it doesn't happen. So, I don't I, I don't think we'll win the game. I think but in some ways I think we're kind of playing with house money this week. We're we're off to a 3-0 start. As long as we don't go there and just get curb stomped.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think you look at the first quarter of a season, it was, it was, you know, a first third of a season as you know, just go there and be competitive, get make it a four-quarter game and see what happens, and then look at the rest of the schedule, trip. I mean, there's no reason this team can't win six, seven, eight games down the stretch. I mean, you just go there and don't get curb stomped. And, and I think you, you feel pretty good about this team uh, going forward. So uh, give me the plus 14 and a half. I, I think we, I think we make it a four quarter game. I think we lose. I don't know, well, give me
0: uh 27, 17 Penn state, 27, 17 Penn state. That's a cover. And that is right around the over under sitting currently at 40 and a half. I would definitely lean under. And in fact, I think if I was going to win this game, it has to be an under game. So you want to do that same game parlay. You can go that route, take the Hawkeyes and the points and the under, and put those two together, you know, if I was going to win this thing, I think it's going to be 17, 13, 2017, something like that. Do not think that Iowa can get involved in a shootout and walk away a winner.
1: Oh yeah. And I think the key thing is, I mean, we cannot afford the defensive lapses we, we saw last week. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got to make drew all or beat us with 12, 14, 15 play drives. And if he does tip of the ball cap, I mean, it, it you know, there's not, you know, there are, same strategy. I remember we played Michigan last year at home, and you know it was one of those games where I thought going into it we had a chance to win, and then Michigan pretty much played the perfect game. I mean, Michigan just just didn't make any mistakes. They they marched down the field every time. And if and if Penn State does that, they don't make mistakes, they're going to beat us because they're the better team. But if we can keep them from making big plays, and we make Drew Aller, you know, have to dink and dunk and stay patient. I think we got a chance. I don't think he can. I think he'll make some mistakes. I think he'll get greedy a couple times. The question mm-hmm. is when he gets greedy, can we make plays? So I don't know. it's, I'm excited for it. I think we, I think
0: we can go there and make it a four quarter game and uh, see what happens. 630 kickoff. It's on CBS. You can also catch the hometown broadcast with Dolph and Ed Podalak on Sirius XM with that one, just search on the Sirius XM app for Hawkeyes and it'll pop up on saturday evening that does it for the show here today for biz i am trent thanks for joining us and biz bring it home let's get another victory this week go hawks baby